Welcome. You are listening to Metro Christian Church Podcast. Connecting to God, connecting to people, connecting people to God. Hey, how's it, everybody? Glad to be with you here again. Thank you again for joining us and tuning in to our Metro Online Ohana broadcast. Whether you're watching us or you're listening to us on podcasts or something else throughout the week, welcome. You know, I love that we finished up our More Than Happy series a couple of weeks ago. As we look through the Beatitudes, if you missed it, check out our archives. I think those series was really good about living a life that is pursuing blessing, not just happiness. Last week, my dad gave us a break as we looked at the heart of a champion, and now today we're going to be starting off a brand new series that I'm very, very excited about called By Faith. How do we live with courage in a world that is full of fear? I feel like it's a ripe time for the people of God to be living by faith. Wouldn't you agree? Open up your Bibles with me. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 11. You know, it's August, and I can't believe that it's already August as 2021 starts to round the bend towards the end. But if you think about it, a year ago, things were drastically different. August 2020, it felt as if things couldn't get any worse. We were ramping up at the tail end of a divisive election. Their partisan politics clouding everything. The country was divided. We were in the midst of a huge global pandemic as things ramped up for this vaccine people were talking about, looking at how this uh, virus was affecting everything and the politicization of everything around it. The echo chamber of social media made it even worse. On top of that, America's racial unrest continued as reform was pursued and protests happened. It almost felt like we were waiting for the finish line of the end of 2020 to come. And then 2021. It was a time for us to look forward and go, yes, things are about to get better. And they, they kind of did. I mean, there was that whole storm, the capital thing and all the, the fallout that came from that. But, you know, in 2021 happened in Hawaii, tourism started kind of coming back and the vaccines started rolling out. And with tourism, money and jobs returned and then restaurants started to open and you could go to the beach without having to be worried about a ticket. And, you know, things started getting a little looser. We started to breathe a little easier, literally and metaphorically, or so we thought, because now we find ourselves again in the midst of a global pandemic where the Delta variant runs rampant with so many questions that are happening and with tourism comes overcrowding and while it's nice to have income coming into our local businesses, that's a great thing, at the same time we worry about the influx of visitors from the mainland and Japan hasn't even started yet. And while it's nice to have jobs coming back, there are some industries and businesses that can't find workers because people don't want to work right now. On top of that, as we just had this past week, the schools opened here in our public and our private schools, and now the push for vaccination happens even more so. And all of the opinions surrounding that about high school sports, and as it was just uh, reported on this past week, Governor Ige says all state and county workers have to provide proof of vaccination, and the and the opinions just keep going on both sides of everything. We find ourselves in a time where it's ripe for faith. How do we live with courage, with faith, in a world that is full of fear? You see, the worst thing that I see happening is the division, not just happening in the community at large, but especially in the church. The church on the whole, our church at times. 
And I think it's high time for us to start living by faith and not be dictated by fear. Fear and frustration reign, but it is faith that is most needed as a time like this. So how do we, as the people of God, live by faith without throwing caution to the wind, with still being wise, as the Bible talks about wisdom and reading the signs of the times on what to do to care for self and others and children and business, but at the same time have a heart that says, I'm going to trust God. You know, what's tough about this whole thing is obviously the issue of the time is what do we think about when it comes to the vaccine? Hey, I think you need to talk to your physician about what is right for you and your family. But here's what we know as pastors is we're going to follow and trust God with all that we have. And we'll do so with a church that is wide in its opinions on different matters of politics, on health, on all kinds of things. Because we know that as we live by faith that Jesus is the one that we're going to be trusting. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says it like this. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, quote, the righteous will live by faith. That little quote, the righteous will live by faith, is a callback to Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, where it says the righteous will live by faith. And that's what it's all about. You know what's funny is that little quote is actually quoted three times in the New Testament in Romans in Galatians, and also, if you fast forward the tape, to Hebrews. It's almost like a hip-hop song, taking a sample background track and saying, we're going to use that not just from back there, but also up here. So, you know, whenever I hear, dun-dun-dun-da-da-dun-dun, I don't know if it's Ice Ice Baby or Under Pressure, because it's the same thing being called back to a new era. In fact, I bet there's a new artist that's going to use that same sample on a song in the future. I wouldn't be surprised in the same way. Those three scriptures are almost, quote-unquote, sampled from Habakkuk 2 into the New Testament. Here's the point, is we need to choose to live by faith. But you know what? Fear is so convincing, isn't it? You know, in this whole thing that we've been talking about, both sides argue, well, you're living by fear, or you're just sheep, or you're afraid, or oh, how about this? And fear is everywhere. How do we, therefore, live with courage in a world full of fear? Let's acknowledge that phobias, fears, are everywhere. And you know some of the common ones, right? Arachnophobia, the fear of spiders. Claustrophobia, the fear of Santa Claus. No, no, just kidding. Of confined spaces, right? All that kind of stuff, or crowds. And then pocketphobia, the fear of paying full price, because we're pocket. Didn't. <laughs> Hey, my kids are in a stage of life where their fears are kind of all over the place. We'll watch a TV show and my two-year-old will say, Daddy, scared because he doesn't like what's going on on TV if it's the bad guy or whatever it is. Or at night, we're putting him to sleep. My daughter is starting to be more afraid of the dark, so we have a little nightlight next to her. And fears are all over the place. When I was a kid, uh, I was afraid of, I don't know, this is kind of funny, but I was afraid of flushing the toilet. Because it was this loud sound that came out of nowhere in the middle of the night when I went to use the bathroom. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of just let it mellow. You know what I mean? Hey, but on a serious note, our fears often keep us bound up, wound up, alienating people and creating an us versus them kind of mentality. As we've already said, the virus has created fear on both sides of this issue. 
with some of us being afraid of getting sick and spreading it to others in our family or loved ones that are younger and can't take the vaccine or immunocompromised. And then others of us afraid of what's actually in the vaccine or the government's control over our lives and saying, hey, we don't want any of that. Fear runs rampant. How do we live by faith in the midst of something that can feel so divisive? How do we choose to live by faith? Because if you want to consider this, we can become enslaved to our fears, can't we? Our fears can drive us so much so that can almost be contrary to our faith in God. We could believe that God exists, call ourselves Christians, but not live under the kingship of Lord Jesus. We could live under the horrible ruler dictatorship of what fear is trying to do to us. That happens. We can mentally assent to the idea that God exists, that we, we believe in Jesus, but we're controlled by the horrible dictator, which are our fears. And these fears cause us to doubt God or fear that he won't show up or provide or come through. Fears can cause us to take matters into our own hands and therefore cause extensive damage into our lives and the lives of those that we love. Or fear can cause us to do nothing. Rather than taking action, paralyzing fear can cause us to be stuck in our tracks and just think, if I close my eyes, it'll go away. And that's not always the case. What's interesting is that fears drive us to become slaves so that we're not even who we used to be or who we're even made to be. It's the story of a man that you're familiar with. In his prime, he was young, rich, and successful, and famous. He was in the movie industry. He was in the airline industry, the aircraft business, and he was smart too. He was a Caltech engineer. And on September 12, 1935, in an airplane that he designed himself, he actually broke the world's land plane speed record of 352.46 miles an hour, which at the time was the new world record. He even bought casinos in Vegas, and they were incredible. He lived in the penthouse. But when the world saw someone rich and powerful, Howard Hughes was actually anything but. Unfortunately, he was so much enslaved to his fears that as well chronicled in the movies and books written about his life, toward the latter end of his years, he would be stuck at home, deathly afraid of germs. Walking around with Kleenex boxes on his feet and other things that aren't appropriate for a sermon like this, Hughes wasted away the last years of his life, deathly afraid. He firmly believed that he would stay clean only if he would keep outside germs away, so much so that he even ignored personal hygiene. He died of kidney failure at the age of 70. Fears can grip us, hold us so tightly that we forget who we are, that we are made in God's image of the one who created us, who calls us, who walks with us, who ushers us forward into his purposes for us. But fear can keep us stuck that's why faith, by faith, to live by faith in a world that is so, so entangled with fear is something that we need to be called into. Like many of you, I get stuck in this I might kind of fear. I might mess up if I try. I, I might not do well even if I put myself out there. Like I know a friend who says, oh, I don't want to get in the ocean. I might get bitten by sharks. I'm like, come on, man. Sharks can just jump in the water. No, 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 I might. 
I don't want to get in a relationship. I might get burned again. I don't want to reach out to that person. They might reject me. They might not even pick up. I don't want to leave the house. I might catch COVID. I might, I might, I might. All these I might fears. I mean, some of them are at times legitimate, especially if you know someone that's been bitten by sharks or you have been burned in relationships. We're worried about, fearful of what might happen. But let me ask you this. Are, are you... Are you proposing this idea of I might versus God's might? And we need to ask that question. When it comes down to I might and the fearful statements versus God's might, which do we actually think is stronger that we choose to rely on? Furthermore, will you live in the prison of fear or the freedom of faith? I think for us and the times that we're living in, we need to look at the freedom that faith provides us. Yes, there are some healthy fears. There are things that we need to say, oh, wait, wait, don't do that. Like when my kids climb up on the couch and they're standing up on the arm of the couch, ah, get down, I'm afraid you're gonna fall and crack your head. That's a good fear. But what happens when fears are unfounded? When there are things that cause us to not walk forward in what God has for us? I think that's when we need to ask the question, about are we looking at God's power, his might, rather than being enslaved by the prison of fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. In the New King James Version, it says it like this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In the translation that we're most familiar with here at Metro, the New International Version, the NIV, says this. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Timidity, fear, being intimidated. is this whole idea that we need to look at how are we, as the people of God, going to be those that step out in courage rather than in fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but rather the spirit that God gives us is power and love and self-discipline. And I think if we choose to operate in the power and the love and the self-discipline that God gives us, we can face the world that we live in rather than being overwhelmed by this spirit of fear that so often grabs us in ways that might be more subtle than our, or so in our faces, if you will. That's why in this series that we're going through, Living with Courage in a World Full of Fear by Faith, we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11. And rather than walking through it line by line, because there's a time and place for that, I thought it was important for us to look at this verse itself and how do we live this out today. Turn with me now to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. It says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients that the author of Hebrews is referring to are the people that are in the Old Testament, the stories that are told about people who by faith did certain things, who by faith uh, did so many things that brought glory to God and by faith walked out their purpose. In this series, we're gonna be looking at examples of people who in scripture by faith lived in times of massive uncertainty. Here's a quick preview of what the weeks to come will look like. We'll be talking about stepping out in faith or when we trust God with what's most important. We'll discuss what do we do when the odds feel like they're against us or how not to worry because it makes life worse. 
How do we live when we feel like life is not fair in the midst of things that feel wrong or when obedience actually brings blessing? And then finally, we'll be talking about when we take God at his word. Walking by faith in today's world is defined as we just read, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we don't see. Let's break that down a little bit. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we don't see. Let's take that, that phrase, confidence in what we hope for. We're saying that faith is this idea that is a confidence, a certainty of what we are looking forward to. You know, on a personal note, uh, my wife and I and our kids, we recently uh, went to an Airbnb. It's a little rental home that we uh, found online on that website. We'd never done an Airbnb before, but it was my 40th birthday a little while ago, and we rented that place, and we're looking forward to celebrating out there. Now, as I mentioned, because we'd never really done an Airbnb kind of, uh, you know, vacation rental thing like that, just us, um, we weren't sure what to expect, really. We went on the website, we saw all the pictures, you know, we scrolled through, we picked the place, and as we drove out there, she said, so how do you think it's going to be? I said, honestly, I have no idea. My confidence was pretty low. Because like many of you, I- I've seen things online that look good, and when you finally get there, it's not great. Whether it's a hotel room or a restaurant review with pictures of a place or, you know, things like that, where the pictures look good online, the, you know, the Instagram versus reality kind of thing, but in reality, it's not very good. So my confidence was pretty low. So as we drove out to this beach house that we were going to, while I was excited to get away, I didn't know if this place was going to be a dump or anything like that, but we show up and it's amazing. This little home is right on the beach. There's a small yard and the kids can literally walk out the front door of the house into the water in less than a minute. It was awesome. As we show up, this feeling of, wow, this is great just comes over us. And we were just having a blast. Coconut trees were out there, a little yard area for we can eat inside or outside. Oh, it was so awesome. And I thought, you know what? I talked to Carol. He said, hey, let's invite uh, my dad guys, you know, to come over. So I called my dad and uh, my dad and my mom and my, my brother and his girlfriend came over. And we, we had a blast. I, I called up Jared. I said, Jared, my brother, you got to come check this place out. Like there's, there's this and that. There, there's, there's waves and there's a there's sandy beach and it's so fun. You'll love it. Because now my confidence is sky high. And now because I've experienced it, my confidence is so high, now I'm sharing it with other people. Imagine my brother. He gets the call and he goes, oh, that sounds great. But he's never seen the place. He hasn't even seen pictures. But he's taken my word for it because my confidence in this thing is so high. When your faith grows in a time when people don't really know what to do or what's going on because they haven't seen it for themselves, when your faith starts to grow, you pass it on to others. And the confidence that we have and what we hope for, when we actually achieve it, when we experience it and we talk about it to other people, our confidence in what God is doing now grows and we talk about that to other people. In a world that is full of fear and uncertainty, the people of God need to have a confidence in his goodness. Maybe you're in the middle of something right now. You're not sure if you can be confident about God's goodness. Well, then it's time to actually look back and say, I remember when God was actually very good during that time. And because of that, I can talk about God's goodness then. And that might even help you now. 
you know, when Jared got up there, he brought his, uh, his little hibachi in. We grilled and we made s'mores. And even in the coconut tree, the wind blew a coconut out of the tree and, and it fell on the ground and he cocked it open and got out the coconut water, eating the meat. It was really awesome. It was really ono. And that actually leads us to the second part of Hebrews 11.1. 1. We talked about confidence, what we hope for. What about assurance, the proof about what we do not see? The assurance, the evidence, the proof of things that we can't see. Like you, many people that I know that don't believe in God say, well, I can't see God, so I mean, you know, seeing is believing, and I say, yeah, you know, but this is the statement of faith here. The statement about faith is that it's evidence or proof of things that we can't see. And the most common examples are things of evidence that we see of what we can't see, such as wind or gravity or, or magnetism. You can't see those things, but you see the evidences of it. For example, I can't see the wind, but I can see the evidence of the wind blowing in the coconut trees. I can't see gravity, but I can see the evidence of gravity when that coconut falls out of the tree and drops to the ground. That was gravity. And I can't see magnetism, but when my brother cracked that coconut open and all the meat was inside and the coconut water was there, it magnetically pulled me over there to drink and eat. You see, there's things that you can't see, but you see the evidences of such. And I believe that our God is like that also. Is that you see the evidences of his goodness, as the song on the radio nowadays plays and says. Because here's what Hebrews 11.6 reminds us of. Hebrews 11.6. Because without faith, or and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Consider what we just said about faith. Evidences, assurances, confidence. You know what's interesting? Is if you're going through a time now where it's difficult, you might not have a lot of confidence. And if you had some assurance of what you don't see, it might help a little bit. But consider what we just read in verse 6. That without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because if you come to him, you have to believe that God exists. And then if you do so, also believe that he rewards those who seek him. Notice the Bible doesn't say it's difficult to please God without faith. No, no, it says it's impossible to please God. Not just hard, it's not even possible. That if you're going to come to God, we have to first believe that he exists. And so often the anecdotal prayer is that, you know, maybe you've said or you've heard people say, I mean, I've said them at times earlier before I came to know Christ is, okay, God, if you're real, I need a miracle. Hey, all due respect to those prayers. You know, sometimes people have stories of they've prayed that and God has followed through. But we also know the other side too. Things don't always happen the way that we want them to happen. Here's what we do know. Is that without faith, how much faith? Like, like, like a truckload? Like, like, how, like, like two tons of, like how much faith? Like, like, like a gallon of faith? Like a liter? Like what are, we, what are we doing? Imperial metric? Like what? how much faith? Jesus says a, a mustard seed. Like, like faith the size of a grain of sand. Like, like, like how much faith do you need? Like, like, like that much. That without faith it's impossible to please God. So maybe that prayer of, hey God, if you're real, I need a miracle is that mustard seed. See, without faith, it's, it's impossible, not difficult. It's impossible to please God. 
Because you might be in a situation where you don't see the good things yet, but can I just assure you, and can I tell you, because I've already been to the beach house, as, as you probably have too, it's really good. Let, let, let's get there together. And if you're in the middle of whatever you're going through, then, then consider the words of author Philip Yancey in regards to faith where he says, faith means believing in advance that will only make sense in reverse. Believing in advance will, will only make sense when we look in the rearview mirror and say, oh yeah. Because I know there are times in my life where I needed faith and it was so difficult to even believe for what was coming next. But now that that part of my life is done and that chapter has been written and the page has been turned, in the rear view mirror I look back and say, oh yeah, God was totally with me then. And maybe that's you now. Where you need to hear and believe that God is with you now. In the middle of the fire and the flood, he won't abandon you, he won't neglect you, but he will be with you and before you. When things are tough, he's not gonna leave you alone. You see, by faith, we walk through these difficult times. It means remembering that God is real and he's a rewarder. So can I ask you, are you seeking him? Are you not just believing he exists, but are you rewarding, I'm sorry, are you seeking after him that he might reward you for the things that are happening? Now you know that reward won't be everything you've ever wanted as if God were a genie. No, 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 he's not a genie in a bottle. Rather, many times God rewards us with an inner fortitude that only comes through him, with a hope for the future of believing that things can and will get better, that it's not over the band isn't left, the fat lady hasn't sung, that God is still active and alive in the middle of what's going on. In a world full of fear, we can live with courage by faith because we believe that we come to the one who is real and is a rewarder, that God is with us. In a biblical commentary, Morris says it like this, we must believe not only that God exists, but also that God cares. Did you say amen to that? that God cares about your situation as you walk through it now. You see, since it's impossible to please God without faith, we need to come to him with an active trust, actively believing that through what we're facing, this new horizon, this new challenges, the reality that we have in August going to the end of the year, even into 2022, knowing that he rewards those who seek him. So, I wanna finish with this idea. It's time for us to live by faith. Would you say amen to that? Whatever you're facing as we close in this word of prayer, I want to encourage you to come to him. This whole series will be digging into these deeper issues and stories and topics of how the people of God lived by faith. And I hope that you will too. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for the simple encouragement to not be enslaved by fear but rather to live by faith. It's by faith, as we read in Hebrews 11, that the ancients were commended, that people like Abel and Enoch and others, as we go through the next couple of weeks, lived in such a way that by faith they believed you. Would we do the same thing? In our world that is driven by fear and opinions that are so wide and varied, would we instead huddle around, rally around the battle cry that not only is Jesus Lord, but I choose to trust him with my entire life. Help us to live by faith today. We look forward to all that you're doing in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you soon. You know, if you're comfortable doing so, we're very confident in the ways that we're taking COVID precautions here at Metro with our air purifying system, with masks and uh, social distancing and hand sanitizing. You know, we look forward to seeing you once more. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. We invite you to think of someone who might benefit from listening to this message and share this podcast with them. Also connect with us on Facebook at Metro Christian Church and Instagram at MCC Hawaii. Have a blessed day and we'll see you soon.